You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 59. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hey folks, so just a couple of quick notes about this episode. As you guys know, we take Q&A questions and we got a lot of questions in the couple of days leading up to Valentine's Day and a lot of the questions were fairly time sensitive. So we did, uh, and by we I mean Cassie, did a Facebook Live on Valentine's Day and answered a bunch of these questions. Now, afterwards, we listened to it and we thought, huh, you know, this is a lot of these questions are really useful for people, um, you know, because they're related not only to Valentine's Day, but to, you know, dividing holidays. And then even just down to poly questions, like what do you do when your husband and your girlfriend hate each other? Or how do you navigate developing romantic feelings for your metamorph? So we wanted to put this out and we are we decided to put it out as a podcast episode because it was initially intended as a Facebook Live and we didn't use our whole audio setup, it does not have the audio quality that our podcasts typically have, but we want to put it out anyways because we think you'll find it really useful. Just a note in the future, guys, keep in mind we do pre-record these episodes, usually somewhere from one to three weeks out. So if you have a question about a holiday, try and send it in earlier. We'll still try and get to it if you send it in later, and if nothing else, we'll send you a response and then answer it on the podcast. But if you can send them in earlier, we'll actually be able to get them out in time for the holidays that you're asking about. So thanks for your questions. And without further ado, let's hop in. Thanks for joining me for uh, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We had some folks who over the last week have sent us some questions about Valentine's Day and they're kind of like time sensitive questions, right? Like Valentine's Day is today. So if you send us in questions about Valentine's Day, like two, three days ago, we're not going to be able to answer them like on the podcast, things like that. So I have a couple of questions that folks had sent in. At this point, we're going to go ahead and answer some of those. And as you guys pop on and ask some questions, we'll go ahead and answer those. As we go through at the end, I will go over the four things you need for your relationship to make this Valentine's Day go from maybe, you know, dull, boring and frumpy or dreadful to wonderful and outstanding and fun. I'm going to go ahead and start with one of the questions that someone sent in was from Jason. And he said, how do you juggle separate poly relationships when they all exclusively want you? I wager this is a common poly conundrum. What does one do? Lunch with one and dinner with the other. Draw strings to who gets Valentine's Day night or who gets another night. So 
holidays, uh, Valentine's Day in particular, can be a little tricky uh, when we have multiple partners. And this is very much a an individual sort of thing. This is one of those situations where you're going to have to decide where you're spending your time and how you're handling it. So a couple of things that I recommend to my clients when trying to figure out where to spend a holiday or how to sort that is first ask yourself, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? So, um, you know, if this is a different holiday, say maybe Christmas or Hanukkah or something like that, are you planning on spending it with your family? Is your partner spending it with their family? How are you sorting that? Like, where do you want to go and what's important for you? That's number one. Number two, talk to your partners. Not everybody cares about Valentine's Day, right? Like you may have the one partner who's like, I don't care about going out on Valentine's Day. I just care that we do a date sometime this week to celebrate our relationship. Uh, you may have another partner who is like really against Valentine's Day and is like the anti-Valentine's Day person. Well, that's great because then you can spend it with the partner that you know is going to be a little more sensitive about that. The other thing is, is that, you know, it's, yes, 24 hours. So maybe you spend Valentine's Day morning having breakfast with one of your partners or you do a lunch. You show up at one of your partner's works in the middle of the day and bring them a surprise lunch. Here's an idea. Pick up some flowers, pick up your partner's favorite, you know, out food and show up and, and bring them some lunch. If you're on that kind of terms with your partner, make sure that's something that your partner would be okay with. But that's an idea, right? You can still spend some of Valentine's Day with multiple people. I've even had clients who have done things like shared group Valentine's Day experiences. One of my clients last year, I was talking to her and her and her metamors get along and the mutual partners get along. So they all decided to go out and see a show together. So she got to go with her spouse and her boyfriend and her boyfriend's spouse came and her husband's girlfriend came and it was a whole group like get together, go out and do stuff. Um, really the main thing is being creative and talking to your partners and seeing what you can do and what they can do to make holidays like Valentine's Day most workable, right? So maybe someone has to work tonight. Well, then maybe Friday is when you go out and celebrate Valentine's Day and do your date night. So it's not so much a, a drawing straws or, you know, my nesting partner automatically gets Valentine's Day or my non-nesting partner doesn't. It comes down to, you know, what works for everybody and what specifically works for you, right? You should always be looking out for what works for you as well, right? Like if spending your holiday shifting around between five or six different people is gonna stress you out and you'd rather just stay home on Thursday and get to bed early so you can get out of work early on Friday, maybe that's what you do. Maybe you say to your partners, you know, Thursday night is not really my thing and I'd rather spend it, spending it at home, watching some Netflix and crashing out and I'd rather spend the weekend with you. This really isn't one of those like one size fits all things. This really has to come down to communication with your partner, talking with many partners, if you have many, and seeing what really kind of works out best for everybody. Ah, oh, okay. So Jesse said, one of my poly friends is doing that with all her partners in Metamores this year. Yeah, right? Like if you don't want to split the holidays, spend it with everybody, right? Like we can make this a group effort. One of the other questions that came in is, um, 
was, you know, what do I do if I notice that I'm starting to have romantic feelings for my metamorph? So I got this question two days ago, and there was also the little caveat with, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. So what I would say is that Valentine's Day is probably not the time to bring this up. Um, one, especially if you don't know if your metamor is having feelings for you, that's going to make Valentine's Day very awkward. Also, your partner may have some feels, you know, maybe like, oh, you know, I wasn't expecting this. This was my partner and I wasn't expecting this whole dynamic to change. And you don't want Valentine's Day to be tainted with that awkwardness and that feeling and those negative emotions that may come up going forward. So I would say, you know, maybe not bring it up today. Today might not be the best day to let your metamor know that you have feelings about them. But when we're poly, you know, and we're open to our feelings growing towards many different people and we're open to different relationships, sometimes they pop up in weird places, right? Maybe it's our metamor. Maybe we find that we have a crush on our neighbor. You know, there's, there's all these different things that can happen. And that's okay. That's the great thing about being in non-monogamous relationships is that we get to be authentic with our feelings. So my recommendation with this is, as I said, don't necessarily bring it up on Valentine's Day, but definitely talk to your metamor, talk to your partner, let your partner know, say, hey, you know, I see why you like this person, <laughs> right? Like, that's a good way to start this conversation of like, you know, your partner is amazing. I've interacted with them and I you know, I'm growing some feelings. What do you think about that? How do you feel about that? And be open to the fact that your partner may have some feels, may have some reservations about that and be just a little patient, right? Don't be like, okay, so now I want to start a relationship with your, with your partner tomorrow, right? Like be a little patient and understanding to their feelings that this might be something that they're going to have to sort through for a couple of days. The other thing is, is, you know, be honest with your metamor, be open about it just because we have feelings for someone doesn't necessarily mean that they have feelings for us, right? So this might not even go anywhere. So just be honest and open about it. The big thing about this is not trying to jam relationships into any kind of box. You and your metamor may become partners, may not become partners, but that doesn't mean that like suddenly now it has to be a triad or suddenly now you and your spouse have to date this person together. This really has to be one of those things where both of you decide what kind of relationship you want to have with this person. And also that person has to decide what kind of relationship they want. Like their voice matters just as much as you and your spouses. So don't get too quickly into this idea of hopping on an escalator to make this relationship something that maybe it's not meant to be. Okay, so complicated question. And I think I say the name Amira. And if I'm butchering your name, I'm so sorry. I'm horrible with pronouncing names. So it said, complicated question. What should you do if your husband hates your girlfriend and your girlfriend hates your husband? Your girlfriend was okay with polyamory when you started dating, but now she's not because me and my husband have been at odds and she feels like she has to choose. And now he wants me to choose. Long story short, I'm still married to my girl, my girlfriend isn't my girlfriend. Okay, she's still still married, but the girlfriend is no longer the girlfriend anymore. Um, I can't stop thinking about her and loving her today, Valentine's Day. She inboxed me 
and said, will I always be her Valentine? What do I do with that? Is she, is she really done? So the first thing is, is that, you know, I want to back things up a couple of steps. Um, we'll talk about today, but let's back it up. So sometimes our relationships don't work out the way that we want them to, right? Our partner doesn't get along with our other partner. <laughs> going going to the, the, the question that we just had a couple minutes ago. Sometimes these things don't work out the way that we intended, right? Especially when we have a picture in our minds of what our relationship should look like, right? I'm a very group poly kind of person. And I don't mean like necessarily like everybody dates everybody, but I love like kitchen table poly. I love when I can have my metamors and my partners all sitting down at the table, all doing things together, all enjoying each other. But that's not always the case, right? We have conflicts of, of people's different personalities and people have different feelings about different people, get along with people differently. So the first thing to understand is that that doesn't mean that any relationship or person is wrong. It doesn't mean that there was anybody who necessarily did anything that was the wrong thing, right? It may just be that these two people have very clashing personalities. It gets a little more complicated when one of our other relationships starts to impact another relationship, meaning my partner's jealousy caused issues with my other partner or me and my metamor hate each other, right? Like that comes becomes very difficult for that partner who shares those people, right? It's not an easy situation, but something that you may want to consider is just having a very honest conversation with this person about your intent and your feelings with them. Saying, regardless of how this person, in your case, your husband feels, this is how I feel about you. This is what I think about you. This is what I would, you know, this is what my intention is with you. And I'm open to X, Y, and Z. You know, the fact that you've got something as far as Valentine's Day, like a message, for me, when I see something like that, that means that that's a reach out. That is someone saying, hey, I'm still here. I want to know that you're thinking about me too, right? If that wasn't the case, if this person wasn't trying to reconnect with you, they wouldn't have messaged you. They wouldn't have gone out of their way to do that. They would have simply just, you know, scrolled through their Facebook and done something else. But be it that they reached out to you, that's a sign that this person's saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's still anything there. So I would say, be honest, say, this is, this is how I feel. This is what I have, where I stand on things. And this is what I, what my intentions are. And maybe we can work something out. Yes, my husband and you don't get along. How can we make this a workable thing where those two interactions are not creating negativity for you or my husband? How can we do this in a way where I'm spending time with you and it's not impacting him and vice versa? How can we do this in a way where when I'm spending my time with you, it's enjoyable and fun? Because a lot of times that's what happens when we have two people who have very clashing personalities. We try so hard to push them into being around each other and push them into getting along. And sometimes that's the worst thing, right? It's really awesome if you can have that kitchen table poly feel, but sometimes you have to let that, that desire go and recognize that it's more important for the people in your life to enjoy their time with you than to try to have 
those people interact. So I haven't gotten my partner a gift yet um, for Valentine's Day. Okay, guys, so today is Valentine's Day. If you didn't get the memo, um, you're a little behind. That's okay. Here's the thing. Valentine's Day shouldn't be a marker of like what great present we got our partner or how much we spent on flowers or how big of a box of chocolate we got. It, it, it's That's not really what <laughs> Valentine's Day really should be about. For me personally, my personal definition of what Valentine's Day is, because it is mass marketed and like a Hallmark holiday, is I take it as a day to appreciate my partners. It's a day to show my partners that I care about them, that I love them. It's one extra day on the calendar year to spoil my partners. Now, there's been Valentine's Day that that have where I've been broke. Years and years and years ago, our first Valentine's Day, we were sharing a, a room with our roommates, not necessarily like a big financial time in our lives, right? And one of the best things that we did for each other was I made him a card. It's something I still do. I still make cards for my partners. I'm pretty kick-ass at it. It's my talent. But, <laughs> you know, make a card. It takes literally a few minutes, some paper, you know, make a card. Write something in it that's meaningful. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to be poetic. But talk about a time that you and your partner had together and put that in there as a way to, like, remember that together. You can also make things, you know, there's, there's always the opportunity to make something like if your partner loves when you cook because they cook all the time, be like, Hey, I'm making dinner tonight, right? We can be creative in our, in, creative in our gifts. Our gifts don't have to have a pricey tag on them to be a present. And a lot of times we get this sort of feeling and pressure because, you know, we pop on Facebook and we see, oh, this person's getting flowers and this person's got a new diamond ring and this, that, and the other. And we feel this pressure of, oh, presents have to be money, right? And that's not necessarily the truth. Some of the best presents I've received for Valentine's Day were not monetary at all. He gave me coupons a few years ago that actually I just exchanged one um, <laughs> uh, like a couple of weeks ago um, and like for like sexual favors or like one was really sweet. It was for like an hour of non-interrupted conversation. So like make some coupons, like literally get some post-it notes, stick some stuff on it. It's fine. Another really awesome present that I had from a partner was she gave me a gift certificate for cleaning my house. So she came and cleaned my house. That was my present. So these things don't have to be costly. It's more of the idea behind it. Another really awesome present that I received one year was someone printed a picture of the two of us. And it was really, really beautiful and super cute. And she did all kinds of glitter and, and cutesy stuff on the picture frame that she bought from the dollar store. Like these things don't have to be super, super money wise, right? So I just want to put that out there. But today is Valentine's Day. So what are some things you can do? Well, message your partner. Message your partner and say, happy Valentine's Day. Let them know you're thinking about them. Maybe put something on their Facebook wall that's like a little picture. You can literally take five minutes to do this. It's not hard work. It's seriously something easy. The other thing is, is that gifts can be not necessarily surprises. So if your partner has something that you know that they've wanted for a while, something that they've brought up that they've been like, oh, I really want this thing, even if it's a small thing, 
you can like swing by on your way home from work and grab it. I know one year I ended up swinging and, and grabbing a partner a gift because they kept talking about their coffee mug that they broke. So I swung into a store, I looked at a couple of different coffee mugs and I picked her out one and I bought some chocolate and filled it in and boom, Valentine's Day present, right? So moral of, of this question, guys, is like, it's still early. Like you can still get something or you can still take your partner out to dinner or make dinner for your partner. Don't get into like a state of choice paralysis where you don't end up getting anything or doing anything for Valentine's simply because you can't make a choice. Like find something cute, do something that's meaningful to your partner and have fun with it. Like some of the best parts of Valentine's day is you having fun getting that present or doing that thing for your partner. Someone put, I'm not big on a, a big present person. It's not my love language. Exactly. So you're going to know this more than I am, right? Like as far as your partner, like what their love language is, I'm not going to know that because I'm, you know, here and you're with your partner, but your partner's love language, this is a good time to like embellish on that, right? Like this is a good time to focus on the things that make your partner feel great. So maybe it's not a present, right? Maybe it's not like an object or a thing you can pick up at a store. I personally, my love language, as far as receiving is time. I love time and physical affection. Those are my love languages. Like don't buy me a present, touch my boobs and give me an hour of your time. That is my love language, right? So maybe that's what your partner's love language is, right? Maybe your partner's love language is touch. Maybe your partner's love language is time. Finding time tonight and putting that aside just to focus on your partner. That might be the best gift they can receive. Um, as far as, you know, touch, if your partner's really big on touch and sexy time as their love language, well, add a little extra sexy time in. Really paying attention to what it is that your partner values is important. I'm kind of the opposite. I The way I express my love language is presence. So I really, really enjoy getting my partner's presence. I hate getting presents. I actually despise presents and I do not like surprises. So for me, my partner's putting you know time aside for me to play with my boobs and give me time. <laughs> is a better present for me than buying me a box of chocolates. Like don't buy me flowers, don't buy me chocolates. I can buy them things for myself if I want to. <laughs> All right. And Amy said, you know, nothing says love like cleaning my house for me. Well, yeah, and that, that goes back to sort of that whole love language idea, right? Like, so maybe you really enjoy acts of service. Um, you know, someone coming in and cleaning and helping you out. Um, this might also look like, as I said earlier, making a meal or sitting down and making your partner like their favorite cup of tea. Now I'm talking about myself. Okay. Okay. So this one was also one that was sent in earlier. It says, I feel like I have no time for my relationships. There's a few things here. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go too, too far down this route. Cause I could literally spend like 40 minutes on just this subject, but I'll give you a couple of pointers. So first of all, do you really not have time for your relationships? And I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to, to, to judge you. But really, is it that you don't have time for your relationships or you're not making the time to do what you want to do in your relationships? And what this looks like is I see my partner every day. We live together. We spend hours and hours around each other on our phone, watching TV, doing the dishes, taking care of the kids but we don't get any us time. 
It's not that you don't have time, it's how you're spending it. 90% of the time, 90% of the time, it's not about not having time, it's about how you've been spending your time with your partner. I work with tons of couples, I've worked with hundreds of couples, and this question comes up probably, I'd say one out of four people that I talk to is, well, I don't know what to do, I don't have the time for my relationship. And when we really sit down, and we start cracking down hours, right? We start being like, okay, so you work nine to five and then you don't go to bed until 10. So what you're telling me is that you have five hours in the evening. And the truth is, is that it's not about the time. It's not about the numbers on the clock. It's about how that time is being spent. So the first thing I would say is look at how you're spending your time. Are you eating it up by doing chores every day? Are you eating it up by, you know, messing around on your phone and three hours goes by and you and your partner haven't said anything together, you know, said, any, said anything back and forth to each other over that last, you know, couple of hours. If that's the case, being very intentional with your time is important. So maybe you have just relaxed time, which is not counted, but then talk to your partner about some intentional time. Like, okay, we are going to go and have dinner together tonight. We are going to go sit down and do a game together tonight, whatever. Um, but we're going to cut this into our schedule and make sure that this is something that we're actively doing. The other thing is, is that if you feel like you don't have time for your relationships, take a look at the other things in your life that you're doing. One, how many relationships do you have right now? If you have a million relationships that you're all trying to foster the same, you probably don't have time. So if you're still going out to lunch with that coworker that you really don't care for and you're just doing it to be nice, that's time to put up some boundaries for yourself. Like I'm not gonna spend time with people or doing things that I don't enjoy. I'm gonna start cutting some of those things out so I can do the things that I want to enjoy. Spend that time with the people that I want to spend that time with. The other thing is, is you know, looking at not just your relationships, but the things that you're doing in your life. Obviously, if you know you have jujitsu on Monday and you have rock climbing on Tuesday and on Thursday you have an art class and then you're taking a college class on Saturday and you're doing all these things, maybe you don't have time to foster relationships. Maybe you don't have the time to put in the effort into growing those things. And if that's the case, you're going to have to decide if fostering those relationships are more important or the activities that you're doing. And there's no wrong answer to this, guys. Like it may be, I really, really value the activities and things that I have going on in my life and I don't have room for another relationship outside of myself right now. Or maybe I only have a little bit of time for a relationship and maybe that's not a relationship that's gonna grow much further than like a more casual thing. But really looking at your own time and looking at how you're, you're breaking it up and deciding where you want that time to actually go. Because most likely it's more of the first one than it is anything else. It's most likely it's how you're spending your time and it's being wasted on things that really aren't that important to you. So I'm going to hop into the four things you need to do for your relationship. So that way you can have an awesome Valentine's Day. Okay. So the first thing is don't do anything for Valentine's Day. 
So what I mean by this is if your relationship is crappy right now, if things haven't been going well, if you've been having a lot of struggles with um, jealousy or resentment, don't tackle that today. That is the first thing. Today is Valentine's Day. Consider Valentine's Day an awesome way of just showing your partner that you care about them. Um, this is a day to celebrate you guys' relationship, the good things, to focus on the good things. So what I want you to do today is any of that stuff that has been causing a blockage in your relationship, any of those things that have been ongoing arguments, ongoing fights, they're not going to change today, right? So if you have these big, big problems that you've been facing for a long period of time, don't use Valentine's Day as the day to try to fix it. Because all you're going to remember every Valentine's Day going forward is that you had this big blow up and argument on Valentine's Day trying to fix this thing. So the first thing that you should do is drop that stuff. Just drop it. Let, let go of it. It's fine. You can handle it tomorrow. You can handle it next Monday, whatever. Put it down for today. Enjoy your partner. Do something that both of you enjoy doing. Even if it's something silly, I know one of my clients, one of their traditions is watching Deadpool on Valentine's Day, whatever, have some laughs, um, have some intimate time with your partner, um, just be present and happy with your partner for Valentine's Day. Um, you don't have to deal with fixing anything today. You can take an off day and just enjoy your relationship. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> I just got done talking to my clients. I do a monthly call with all of my graduates where we just kind of hop on and check in with everybody. The conversation that I actually talked to my clients about was romance. And one of the big things that we often do when we have a holiday like Valentine's Day or we have an anniversary or a birthday is we build up this giant, giant idea of how things are supposed to go, right? It's, oh, he's going to show up at the house with flowers. We're going to go out to dinner. The hors d'oeuvres are going to be amazing. The wine is going to be sparkling. And everything is going to be romantic and fantastic and wonderful. And when we get home, we're going to make love and then fall asleep in each other's arms. That all sounds great. The problem is, is that you don't want to set your expectations so high that if something in there doesn't work out, you don't feel romantic. You don't feel that appreciation for your partner's efforts. So what I want you to do is to just appreciate the effort. Don't get stuck on what the outcome is. Don't get stuck on if this is something that makes you feel super, super sexy or romantic. I want you to get stuck on the idea of, wow, my partner did X for me. They thought of me today. Their, their actions and words were with the intent of me. That's what I want you to really focus on is have appreciation. Uh, because as much as that whole little thing that I gave you as far as an idea sounds awesome, most likely flowers are going to be delivered late because <laughs> flower delivery services suck. There might be melted chocolates because you left them on the heater of the car. Your restaurant might be out of your favorite appetizer. And they might not be serving wine because everybody bought it because it's Valentine's Day. And that's okay. Like all of that's okay because your partner went out of their way to spend time with you, right? So be appreciative. Really, 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 really show appreciation for any of the gifts that your partner gives you, whether it's paying attention to your love language, whether it's putting time aside, whether it's a super awesome, amazing present, 
whatever it is, the effort that your partner put forth, have appreciation for. Okay, number three, <laughs> do something creative. And what I want you to do this Valentine's Day, when I say creative, I'm not talking about like suddenly becoming an artist or designing a new something. That's not what I mean by being creative. What I mean by being creative is doing something new, trying something different. It can be a different game. It can be going for a walk in a different place, getting in the car and going for a ride someplace new, eating at a different restaurant. Do something new. Why is this important? Because novelty is what makes us feel connected with our partner. We feel most connected when we're having a different experience. So even if it is going out to a restaurant and finally ordering snails, what is that escargot for dinner? Like do that, like try something different. It doesn't matter what it is, but today do something different, create a new memory, a new experience for you and your partner. The last thing, if you have been struggling in your relationship, as I said, I want you right now to put things on hold, put that in the back burner, don't do anything with it, but make a, you know, agreement with yourself that you're going to make changes going forward, that today is going to be the reminder of what is great. And tomorrow is going to be when you start taking steps to change that. So if you've been struggling with anything like resentment, guilt, frustration with your partner, go to a touch of forward slash a O R Go ahead and, you know, book a time to be able to go and watch the training. It's super, super helpful. It's the five shifts that you need to create amazing open relationships. And in there, you know, I go over a bunch of really good information on how to kind of shift yourself to having really awesome, amazing relationships. And that's just one step. And that's like the next thing that you do after Valentine's Day. But for Valentine's Day, do those three things. I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thanks for joining me and hopping on. Um, as always, if you have any other questions for our podcast, you can send them into us. Or if you have an idea for a live or a podcast, you can send that into us as well. So if we didn't get to your question because I didn't see it, I looked at all the places, I should have gotten to all of them. But if I didn't see it and you have one, go ahead and send them into us. Thank you guys for joining us. Happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy your day. And let us know how your Valentine's Day went. If uh, you want to swing back and let us know. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1.